Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To the June 11, 2021 edition of Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. I'm your host, as always, Drew Watson, Private Wealth Advisor with Align Wealth Management. And the show today, we're going to talk about uh, questions regarding uh, real estate and are we getting into, dare I say, a little bit of irrational exuberance with real estate. We're going to talk about inflation and the state of play of what's going on in the market over the last couple of weeks. And we're going to start the show talking about an old friend. Uh, if you're old enough to remember the Cannonball Run movies, yes, uh, if you're like me, you felt like probably uh, they were snubbed for an Oscar nomination back in the late 70s, early 80s. But in those shows, Burt Reynolds' sidekick was none other than Don DeLuise, who played a had an alternate uh, personality and played the character Captain Chaos. Well, we're going to rename that Dum 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 Captain Crypto. If you haven't got enough of crypto, uh, we will keep feeding it to you in this show every week as it is a story in and of itself. And depending on what corner of the market uh, you're from, Bitcoin is either uh, the scourge, the greatest scourge on humanity since Attila the Hun, or the greatest thing since sliced bread. And according to a report from Bloomberg this week, global regulators put Bitcoin in their highest risk category. A panel that supervises lenders proposed a bank would have to hold a dollar in capital reserves for each dollar worth of digital token. That, my friends, is not a positive development. Separately, the spot price of Bitcoin is above future prices or in what they call backwardation. Uh, J.P. Morgan pointed out that it is a potential negative for the digital asset. So that's two strikes this week. The futures curve was in backwardation for most of 2018 when Bitcoin fell 74% after a significant price run. Finally, under the crypto heading, China arrested more than 1,100 people suspected of using digital currencies for money laundering per Bloomberg. Well, you definitely don't want to be running afoul of the U.S. bank regulators. And I would be certain to say that China offers up more than what they call civil monetary penalties for violators of their banking rules. One could only imagine what it's like to live behind the Great Wall of Communism. With that said, let's take a look at our other uh, asset du jour, lumber prices. Since we've last spoke, in a week, lumber's down almost $220 per 1,000 board feet, coming in at $1,122 a board foot in Thursday's session. This is sending it back to prices it last saw at the end of March, 1st of April. Uh, So if you've been listening here long, the game plan was just a a wild guess uh, that it may be that – Lumber prices don't get back to the $400 a 1,000 board feet they were uh, during the initial stages of the pandemic, but 
they may not end up at $1,734 per 1,000 board feet either. Sometimes gravity ends up affecting almost all asset classes. A quick glance at markets. Uh, Year-to-date, the S&P and Dow Jones are both up around 13% as they are very close to hitting and touching new highs for the year that were put in on May 7th. The NASDAQ is on the struggle bus this year, up a mere 8% compared to the astonishing returns over the last few years for the tech-heavy index. Looking at other markets, one key constituent uh, in the commodities patch, uh, West Texas Intermediate Crude has crept over $70 a barrel as of Thursday's trading, a price it has not seen in quite a while. And gold continues to hover around $1,876 an ounce. Elsewhere around the globe, returns in Europe have been somewhat better, with most of those borises uh, somewhere between 14 to 19%, depending on where you are in the continent. Uh, the U.K. has struggled a bit more at around 11.5% year-to-date, where in Asia we've got a mixed bag of somewhat lower returns uh, around anywhere of up 3.97 in the Shanghai Composite in China to up almost 13% on the Singapore Strait Times Index. We've got a great show for you today as I headline in the lead, and we can't wait to get back with you after a word from our sponsors. And you're listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Lime Wealth Management. And we'll be back in 60 seconds. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers. And if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Line Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is our investment spotlight segment of the week for June 11, 2021. And this will be kind of what I call the grab bag uh, segment. If you're a Notre Dame fan like me, you've seen this uh, typically in every offensive series for the last uh, 11 years on the field. But let's look at some market odds and ends brought to you by Align Wealth Management, and Ameriprise Financial. The overall stock market has traded in a relatively tight range over the last few days, and significant macro drivers have been absent this week, given rather quiet corporate headlines and in front of the CPI report, which came out Thursday morning and was a little bit hotter than most people expected. FactSet has looked at the S&P 500, and it's been flirting with and crossed over its May 7th intraday high of 42.38, since the beginning of June. But traders have been unwilling to move the broad market benchmark past the high, especially in front of the closely anticipated inflation reports. Given sideways trading across the S&P 500 since mid-April, volatility is dropping closer to near pre-pandemic levels. 
the VIX sets on top of its five-year average. And in Ameriprise's view, the recent consolidation across the major averages has allowed some of the froth to come out of the market and help normalize volatility trends away from the pandemic shocks and aftershocks. Another way to put this is if you watch stocks that really ran up a lot last year, uh, some of the big tech names such as Apple and Amazon, what you know is they've really lagged from a performance uh, basis going back to just before the election. Uh, the rest of the market is catching up. So another way to say this is, is really what did great last year has cooled off and what was out of favor last year has started to come on to help equalize the market. Another item of note uh, this week is the recent decline across U.S. government bond yields. And for example, uh, the 10-year Treasury now is at about 1.46%. We'll talk about that and what that means for housing in our next segment. And it's getting close to its three-month low. And to put it in perspective, at the end of March, the 10-year yield was 1.73. So you've had almost a um, 30 basis point decline there, which is pretty large. And the bottom line is taking the inflation report from Thursday and setting it aside, Ameriprise believes investors are starting to price in, quote, peak inflation pressures, unquote, particularly as the Federal Reserve remains committed to easy monetary policy. And importantly, while demand is growing across a number of sectors and industries, it does not appear it is on the verge of destabilizing the economy, even with tight labor supply conditions and ongoing supply issues. As such, easy year-over-year comparisons should fade over time, while the supply-demand dynamics eventually find an equilibrium. With that said, higher inflation that lingers longer than most expect which is very much a possibility in our view, and I'll get to this in our fourth segment, could cause some market indigestion down the road. A couple other market-related notes uh, from recent history. Uh, overall, reopening trends remain primarily upbeat. Groups leveraged to the reopening theme have performed well over recent days, given easing U.S. travel restrictions, upbeat airline commentary about leisure travel, and high-profile concert announcements, and cruise restart announcements. Coronavirus cases are down and vaccination rates are up. Air travel is now running above 70% of 2019 volumes per fact set. Uh, first-hand knowledge of this, uh, I was went to New York to celebrate our anniversary. My wife and I, we can tell you the airports are exceedingly crowded. And if you're looking for a cab, especially the New York City area, you better plan ahead because uh, there is a shortage. Uh, Along with airline news, I believe United just announced today a large order of Boeing uh, jets uh, with the increased demand in air travel. Now, according to the May NFIB Small Business Survey, optimism across mom-and-pop businesses continues to fall based on the outlook component for the next six months. Within the survey, the question, quote, plans to increase employment, current inventory, and job openings hard to fill set new record levels in May. In addition, the index for quote-unquote higher prices also rose to a new record in May. Thus, while we believe the overall optimism across small businesses remains supportive for asset prices, labor market tightness and inflation are growing headwinds for small businesses. In terms of performance, energy leads all other S&P sectors year-to-date and by quite a large margin. However, relative to its 2020 high, energy was still off by more than 10% as Monday. Utilities are the only S&P 500 sector that hasn't surpassed a 2020 high. Over the last 12 months, energy is up roughly 29% on a price basis and trails six other sectors, including materials, financials, and industrials. We'll be back with our third segment where we'll dive deeper into financial planning questions 
And you've been listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management, and we'll be back. When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Offices located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson. And this is our third segment that's dedicated to financial planning topics, both old and new, and a lot of stuff taken from headlines that we see every day. And that's where we will dive in to what I would call uh, the emergence, perhaps, of a great real estate land rush that may be entering into a little bit of irrational exuberance territory, uh, to quote Alan Greenspan. To speak more plainly, if you think some of the prices being paid for property in and around your area are crazy, that's what I'm talking about. A brief trip to New York City this last week uh, and a quick survey of some of the stuff going on there included uh, lofts uh, that are 425 square feet selling for almost $2 million a piece. Now, granted, this is some very nice real estate and you would be conveniently located next to all your favorite uh, high-end brands uh, so you could do your shopping. But we're getting close to, to price ranges that are uh, stupendous. So to put it in perspective, 425 square feet is smaller uh, than most garages in mid-century houses built, let's say, in the late 50s or 60s, uh, uh, just you know maybe 22 by 22 square um, if you're sitting at home or in an office cubicle, or if you've ever been to my office at the Owensboro Home Office, um, it's almost that size. And the fact that people are willing to pay almost $2 million for that type of real estate leads a person to believe, if you sit back and look at this objectively, that, that A, uh, obviously the buyer uh, either believes that prices will continue to go up and this is a solid investment, or B, they have so much money that just the convenience of having something in uh, Midtown Manhattan trumps common sense. Um, also, the other factor that we're seeing with real estate is that as you increase bedroom sizes, the pricing is not proportional. It's getting to the point where it's exponential. Uh, this is also uh, a sign for me that, uh, you know, we may be getting close to a top. Um, and keep in mind, you know, one of the favorite sayings from Ted Truscott is, in the turn, everybody's wrong. But but essentially, when you start seeing, you know, prices moving up exponentially for the number of bedrooms you have, uh, that is also kind of another tip-off. Uh, there's a lot of utility in having a home because it displaces rent you would normally have to pay. 
But if you back out the numbers and and put into perspective uh, different prices, you would have to be paying a lot of rent to carry the cost. Now, one of the things that's driving home prices uh, in today's run up has definitely been interest rates being so low. Uh, as I you know get prepared for this segment, uh, the ten-year Treasury is at about one point four six percent. Typically, your fifteen-year mortgages are going to be based on the back of that. Your thirty-year Treasury is about 2.16%, and your 30-year mortgages are going to be based off that number. Depending on what type of spread the banks want to you know, kick in, you're looking at something in the low twos for a 15-year perhaps, or just under three or two and three quarters for a 30-year mortgage. And the cost of money being so cheap, that is inflating right now a lot of assets, but I would say uh, real estate may be chief among them, inflating the price on the other end of that transaction. Keep in mind, this real estate, if it is a bubble, uh, let's say price increase period is different than the time frame leading up to the great financial crisis because it doesn't appear that banks are really uh, diverting from tried and true lending practices. Uh, it's been my experience in the office that almost every new purchase is having 20% at a minimum put down as a down payment and the days of the no money down, no job, no income, no asset loans uh, are in the past, thankfully. So what does that mean if we do have a large reckoning with home prices uh, to the downside? And and one factor that could certainly be facilitating this could be the work from home becoming more of a permanent fixture in American society and in business than, let's say, just a flash in the pan due to COVID. And if you don't need to live so close to your work, essentially, in theory, that should take some demand out of the market that is being readily uh, supplied pretty well over the last 18 months. So going back to what may drive that, what happens if someone has reached into their pocket and put their hard-earned savings into a, a home purchase that ends up being several hundred thousand dollars or more too much. Well, uh, a loss on a primary residence, if you go to sell it at a loss, is one of the few losses out there that really is just kind of a hard luck loss. There's no real write-offs for it. Uh, the tax code uh, incentivizes a lot of people to buy houses, but there's really no um, way to effectively write off uh, the loss on the sale of a primary residence. So, so one, I think a lot of people may be feeling that sting. Now, given uh, current events and current events going back to last March, the government has laid, you know, basically laid down and changed all kinds of previously written in stone tax codes to make things easier for people that have had uh, negative things impact them economically. Uh, you don't have to look any further than the fact that now most of your unemployment benefits are tax-free and for, you know, since they've been issued, we're always taxable. So it could be the government could change their mind and say, if we do get into a wave where people overpaid for houses, they've had huge losses, they may allow them to write those off. But but at this point, uh, that's something that hasn't come into uh, in, into effect. Now, the other, the other side of this is, even though rates are low, if you're paying several hundred thousand dollars more for a house that, than you should, you know, those payments have to be made. And one thing to think about is if you're in a big house with a big house payment, uh, you know, if things get tough and the economy really goes in the tank, you're going to have to make choices 
between spending something on what you may want versus what you have to pay uh, in the form of a mortgage payment. So that would say, you know, from a big perspective for the economy as a whole, you would see potentially some uh, consumption obviously delayed or eliminated as opposed to the consumerism that we've seen in the last really 10 months that seems to be almost running unabated in the economy. So if we are close to the top in real estate, you've heard it here first. If we're not, just forget this entire segment and uh, we'll have it struck from the record. But in all seriousness, before you overpay for your home, take a hard look and try to take the emotions of the home buying experience out of the way. And by doing that, look at the look at the real solid numbers. If you needed to rent a piece of property for you and your family, what would be a comparable rent be for let's say a three bedroom or four bedroom house with two or three bathrooms? Once you know that, that would give you a good benchmark on really kind of what you need to pay by backing into the payment to say, as a function of what it would cost me to rent this house, uh, buying this house, even at what looks like to be a very high price, works because our total payments, which would include taxes and insurance along with the mortgage, uh, are at or below what a rental payment would be for the same property. Keep keep those financial planning uh your antenna up because things happen every week and then you can send me questions and we'll get to some of those in our email bag segment next. But you've been listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers. And if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to our final segment on today's Financial Friday for June 11th, 2021. And as we stated, this is the email mailbag segment. And today's question comes in uh, from a longtime listener that said, Drew, you're always talking about inflation. And why is inflation necessarily bad? Well, there's, there's all different types of inflation. And if you've been a uh, listener of this program, you know that a lot of times I liken inflation to the grease that you would need to put into any type of gears or motors uh, that makes the economy go. And that is what I would say would be a small dose of inflation. Uh, this is with what create your um, cost of living adjustments, etc. When inflation starts to get outside of a control area, which 
for a long, long time, um, 4% inflation was considered the normal year-over-year increase. So think about it. If you had a job making, you know, $10 an hour, uh, you were looking at getting a 40 cent raise uh, the first year and a little bit more than 40 cents the next. But but essentially, those thoughts changed over probably two decades ago. Then 3% inflation became the quote-unquote normalized assumed inflation rate. And in the more recent post-great financial crisis world, 2% inflation became what was considered to be quote-unquote the norm. Now, the way inflation is measured in this country uh, typically excludes food and energy. And uh, if you go anywhere or eat anything, obviously you know that food and energy are part of your daily lives. And I would say the inflation in, in the country really has been kind of broken down in, uh, for a long time into to two pieces. One is anything that was service-related or especially high-end service. So think medical procedures, think college education for your kids, think home remodeling. For, I would say, the better part of 15 years, what you've been looking at there is true year-over-year minimum of 5% increases uh, in cost, maybe even 7 Now, what has offset that is stuff like your flat-screen TVs. If you remember when those first came out around the turn of the century, you know they were several thousand dollars to buy a TV that was probably 32 inches uh, in size. Now that same TV could probably be picked up for a couple hundred bucks. So in that case, we've had disinflation of, you know, honestly, call it probably 80% or more. Uh, and generally technology has followed Moore's law that says, uh, you know, for every upgrade in technology, you're getting, getting it for 50% of what it used to cost. Uh, that, that much is true, but when the government figures it, and it goes back to my grandma's old saying, uh, figures lie and liars figure, uh, we've been coming out with almost year-over-year inflation numbers that are less than 2%. Now, you've got to be buying a lot of TVs uh, and getting those cost savings there to offset uh, just one tuition payment, let's say, to Western. I mean, you know, the normal person's not buying um, – 85 TVs, which is the equivalent of going to Western, you know, a TV purchase is you may buy one TV probably every three to five years, maybe not even that much. But when your child or grandchild is at university, uh, guess what? Those tuition bills are coming every six months for four, sometimes five, six, seven years. So as it pertains to that, my argument would be I'm a believer that true inflation has been here for far longer than what the government would let us to believe. And as where we've had disinflation or price reductions in some items, those are typically goods that are not purchased. Uh, they're infrequently purchased, I should say, whereas some of the medical, educational, uh, those types of items, people may face those even every year. Uh, if you work uh, somewhere or have insurance where every year to pay the cost of your premiums, uh, you've had to accept higher out-of-pockets, and if you're sick and had to pay those, what you know is conventionally a, a out-of-pocket policy used to be a thousand, then it went to two thousand, then it went to five. Uh, 
Now, for a family, there's some policies that are $10,000 out of pocket. You know, in 15 years, that's a tenfold increase. Um, you know, you can do the math on that. That's a lot more than a 2% uh, annual inflation rate. So that is why people are really terrified of inflation, because if some of these disinflationary pieces of the economy start going up, we may be facing some staggering numbers, um, and it could be for the long run or it could be short term, that can really choke the economy once people sit down and have to make hard decisions on where they're going to spend their money. Uh, you know, there's a commercial out there about buying something for your house, and it says when the salesman's finished, you have an easy decision to make, either upgrade this in your home or send your child to college. And to a certain extent, that may be what's coming down the road for some of these everyday items. Uh, if you hearken back to an older show we did, another broadcast, where we talked about UPS and FedEx, and UPS, for one, has been able to increase prices over the last handful of years by at least 5% a year. And the reason why most customers never see it is at the same time, Amazon and other big retailers that ship via UPS have beaten down manufacturers by probably more than the 5% number. So as stay-at-home consumers, when we press a button and say, hey, send this to my home, all we know is it's costing about the same or less than it did the last time that we bought it, and we don't care. But inside that transaction, uh, these delivery services have been able to get uh, large, large year-over-year price increases. I mean, if, if you were the CEO of any major corporation, you'd give your IT to be able to raise your prices 5% per year, and your customers never know it. But in essence, that's one of the things that's helped UPS and FedEx make so much money. You know, the pandemic, you know, obviously notwithstanding, is the fact that a lot of their customers that are used them to ship have beaten down the manufacturers to a point where they are getting better deals. We hope you have a wonderful weekend this uh, weekend of summer. You've been listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, and we'll be back same time, same channel. This is WOMI Owensburg. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.